Hi, I'm Kat and you're listening to Cat Tales. In this edition, I chat to ex-Marillion frontman Fish, who's been through the mill in recent years, but even divorce and throat surgery have failed to keep him out of the water when it comes to touring. I spent some time with him before one of his solo gigs, and he was delightful company and just so refreshing, frank and honest about fame and the music business too. This is the one with Fish. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Starting with the tour then, you've obviously got a, a tour on the go. You seem to be relentlessly touring actually when I've looked at what you've been doing recently and I know that you've come here quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't tour for quite a bit actually because I've been there... The last album I made was 30 Star, that was in 2007, and we went on the road with that. And I'd been having I had problems with my voice, even when I was recording the album, and I didn't really understand what was going on. I just put down the stress. Because at the time, I was in the process of getting married, and just before the album, I was, I was to get married in August, and just before, just as we started the album, in kind of around about June time, was uh, the wife-to-be decided she didn't want to get married and fucked off. And I... <laughs> So there was a, quite a lot of stress. That is a bit about, there was a lot of stress about that time, and then, <laughs> and then I went on the road, and then I was having vocal, vocal problems all the way through 2008, and I couldn't become like what it was, and um, they thought it was a thyroid problem and all sorts of mm. stuff. And eventually, I ended up going to ENT in about at the end of the summer of 2008, and they said you've got growth in your vocal cord, and they didn't know what it was. And of course, the first thing that comes in your head yeah, sure. is, is cancer. Yeah. Right? I mean, I was a heavy smoker at the time. You know, I had a lifestyle that wasn't exactly healthy for a number of years. Mm. And um, so, at the end of 2008, I went into the hospital, and as soon as they put the scalpel on it, the cord it exploded. It oh, was a huge cyst. Oh my god! And it had been there for they reckon well over two years, possibly Never. three really? years. Yeah. So I'd been singing. All that time, oh my God. we were a huge system of vocal cord, right? Oh my God, it was going up and down. It was like kind of. So anyway, so I had to take six months off after Bloody that. Hell. Came back and we did five shows, six shows, cult festival sort of vibe. Yeah. And I, my voice started getting really hoarse again. And uh, I went back to ENT and I had granulated scar tissue on the site of the operation, which oh, was really unusual. No. So I had to go in for another operation. Oh my God! And meanwhile. During that period, at the end of t- from about t- uh, 2008 onwards, I'd met somebody, and right, and we got married in, oh, right. in the May 2009. All stressed. <laughs> yeah, and three days after I came out of the hospital, the operation, uh, she left. She. What are you doing to them all? Come on, this is not good, is it? Well, I, I think I discovered what the, what the word bipolar means. Uh, I don't know, I'm not very sure, but there was something... It was, she was a very complicated person. Oh, and I mean, women she, are complicated anyway, aren't five, they? I had another six months where I couldn't sing. Oh so God. I couldn't sing, and yeah. I was going through my divorce. And then three months into the three months into 2010, they said, the growth's back again. Oh, back? Yeah, and they said, my this God. time there's no operation. And they said, uh, the dangers of cancer, if we operate again on the same site, is that right? too huge, we can't take the risk. So I had to sit there for two months, and then it eventually melted. Uh, the, the, this, right. like, you, we, some of these growths, they, they basically just go away in time. Yeah, if you yeah. don't aggravate them, they just go yeah, away. Yeah. Right? And so and I decided that when I was going to come back this time, mm. I was going to go for an acoustic tour. Because right. when we started doing the, the, the 2009 prep for, the, for mm. gigs, 
we were running through all the songs in different keys to see what one best suited the voice. Sure. And it was just me, Foz and Frank, and we're going, wait a minute, this actually sounds really fucking good. Yeah. And then we came into June and we said, okay, I want to go out, let's go out and do kind of... You know, 10, 20 shows and just get my confidence back. I mean, my confidence was shot. Can you imagine a weather complicated person who was like in the morning, yeah. it was I love you at night, it was like a Viet Cong motor attack. There's a saying in Scotland and it's like, my head was full of chocolate frogs, right? And it was, um, so in June we started and we started playing these gigs. It was only 10 gigs, 20 gigs, small crowds, playing yeah. only 100 people, 160 people, but overheads were low. So basically the fans started to go, wait a minute, this is really good, mm. right? And I also had to prep myself for the next album that we're making next year. Mm -hmm. And so, but taking the acoustic versions, we were deconstructing all these songs. It's a bit like having a classic car, and then suddenly you decide to take the engine apart, and you take the whole thing right the way down every nut and bolt, and then you put it back together again, sure. and you, you discover how the thing actually works. Yeah. So from a songwriting perspective, that was kind of what was happening. We were deconstructing the songs into this three-piece acoustic right. format. And, and the space I got as a vocalist to move and right. meander, yeah. you know, the the dynamics and, and yeah. the theatricality yeah. of it oh, all yeah. became immense. And then we had a German promoter came in and said, would you want 20 gigs? And we said, yeah. And then Germany became 60 shows. And then Norway, 10 shows. Holland, 10, 15 shows. And then there was like France, Switzerland. You know, well, it'll be, it'll be the time we finish and end, but it'll be 200 shows. Never. Yeah, since last year. I, I just couldn't believe how much you'd been actually doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, but it's been great. It's been fantastic. And, yeah. it, you know, we're coming, you know, we've flowed through a recession. And, you know, we've we flowed through a recession, which yeah. if I could not have never operated a full six-piece band, it would be impossible. And at the, at the same time, yeah. I knew I couldn't write the album. And I had to, if I was going to come out with a six-piece band, I was going to have to come out with a new album. Yeah. And my head was just not in the right place no, to write. No, so I just walked no. away from it and said, OK, do the acoustic, get the confidence, find out how to write songs again, and then approach it. And but as I said, it, it grew. I mean, apart from six weeks, I went to Cuba. It's like, you know, we've been on the road On the road since, since then. then, my God. Yeah. And how long are you, you actually going on for now? Till the 18th, 19th of December. Yeah, so all the way through. Yeah. And that's obviously presumably something you enjoy, otherwise you wouldn't do it. It's been fun, it. it's been, it's really great fun. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's five guys that are all great friends, you know, and we all get on well. We yeah. all know how to bend around each other and yeah. run space and stuff. And it's been great because we've seen a lot of places that we never really saw before. I mean, in Germany, when we pretend it's for Germany, you know, you're on a, a night coach, nightliner. Yeah. So after the gig, you get on the nightliner and then you wake up in the next town. Yeah, sure. Whereas these gigs, a lot of them are closer because yeah. of the very nature of the gig. Yeah. So we're driving two hours, three hours a day. So we were stopping and seeing places, spending time and, and, and enjoying it. Tiny little towns that we'd never even been in yeah, before. Yeah, absolutely. So. And was that deliberate then to choose smaller venues? Yes, yeah. it was because it's the, ve the very nature of the kind of mm. the very nature of the kind of show. It's, mm. it's very interactive with the audience. You know, there's a lot of kind of stand-up comedy. There's a lot of kind of political observation. There's also there's a whole yeah. mishmash oh, of stuff okay. goes on up there, right? Uh -huh. And on top of that, with the songs, I mean, we've got three and a half hours of material, and we just ask the audience what they want. What I mean, want. a lot of them we kind of know. But it's a real sense of communion. I mean, mm. it's a very kind of intimate atmosphere, mm. and it works up to about 500 people. In Germany, we sure. were doing four, between four to 500, yeah. occasionally in the sixth yeah. theatre venue. So it's been it? fantastic. That's oh, brilliant. Yeah. And then what about the, the writing then? So you're back on thinking about a new album now, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, album's, the album tells uh, A Feast of Consequences. Right, OK. Which is going to be, um, uh, that's going to be next summer. Next so summer. we start, we go, we've got, we've been recording the whole Fish Heads tour. Like we've got lots of hundreds of recordings. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we've got like 70 hours of footage from Poland because we filmed the whole film documentary right. out there with the Polish film team. And so that's all coming out together. That'll come out in March, April. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then I've got, um, then we put the fish head stuff together. It's going to take a lot of time, a lot of studio time. 
Fish heads will come out probably in uh, March, April, uh, probably April, and then but in March and April we'll start writing. Right. And then we go out with Glenn Hughes to do some shows. Oh, you do? Oh, right, okay. And then. Uh, what, his acoustic one? Because he's just been doing his acoustic tour, hasn't he? No, it's a, it's a full band, band as far as I'm oh, aware. He was here not so long ago. Yeah. So they were only doing three, four days for Glenn, and then oh, and then we go back in the summer, some festivals, but then the summer that's the, the writing. The writing, right. And then we'll go out again in probably October next year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Relentless. See? It is relentless, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but it's a lot of stuff working. There's a lot of things happening. I mean, I even managed to get a film. I managed to get a film. Yeah, I was going to ask you about You've done quite a lot of films. Well, I said no, quite no, a lot. You've dabbled mental. in films, yeah. I shall I've done, we did Electric Man, which was done in the middle of the tour, because again, yeah. this tour was great, because at the start of the tour, we were only doing three shows a week so I was able to put this film in and, and put all my, my shoot dates uh -huh. in between all the, the, oh, the concert wow. dates. Do you want to do some more filming? Yeah yeah I mean this, it, well, I really want to get some more filming next year I mean now I've got a big gap coming in and because if I'm doing a movie I mean I kind of move the things I'm doing I mean I'm, I'm getting small character parts yeah. I'm a major actor whatever the things I do get they're only two three weeks so it's yeah. easy to clip something and it's, it's just building up this the actor's CV but I mean writing I think screenplay writing is, is probably um the most attractive thing, and I'm working right, with a couple okay. of writers at the moment on something, pushing this idea about to see if we can get it stuck. Oh, excellent. Now, you've done various things. Obviously, TV appearances are on your CV all the way throughout your career, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but you've also done DJing on Planet Rock, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, I did, I did two runs. The first one, I got the, the runner-up the, the, for the Sony Broadcast, which was that's brilliant. That's amazing. And that, was, that took me completely by surprise. And was this the first time you'd actually been involved in something like that? No, I'd done some, I'd done some work at Radio Fourth up in Edinburgh, right. and I'd done some nighttime kind of freeform stuff. But I mean, the Planet Rock was the first time I when I had a series, and then we got the second series, and then, but then it was like I just my work just got in the way, sure. and on top of that, I had the voice stuff. Yeah. So, but I mean, next year, I'd like to think that you know we can do the same kind of setup as we did for Thirteen Star, which was basically. The first series uh, that I did for Planet Rock was basically taking the demos and bringing the demos for 13 yeah. Star into the studio. So we were playing the demos and talking about the album as it went on. Right. And playing all the influences around oh, the album okay. as the, the series went on. That right. was the one that picked up the award. Oh, excellent. So, so that's a good formula. Yeah, but I mean, the one of the problems is it's difficult with studios and things, you know, getting the studios and with them being based in London. Yeah, sure. It's been one of the problems. Yeah. You know? But I mean, that could be easily surmountable. Absolutely. So out of all these things that you're actually involved in in terms of entertainment, is music still your first love? Yeah, I mean, in this format, it's great. Yeah. I remember I'm quite happy working at this level. I mean, I just, it starts to get too complicated, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, th I think nowadays, I mean, you know, it's like as soon as you go up a certain level, it's like you've got everybody on you again. Sure. I mean, even yeah. in this tour, we've had, we were two venues in this particular leg that turned and said, oh, we want 25% of your merchandise. And that's, that's with the shows in place and sold. And that's then they turn and say, well, we want this. No, no, I said, we'll pull the no. show. Yeah. And that's the, one of the problems, it's like, you know, we're, we're really dependent, because not only do the venues take 25% of the merchandise, yeah. they're taking 25%, and then at the end of the night, they put the VAT on top. Oh, shit, yeah. So when you're selling a shirt for yeah. 20 quid, that's yeah. inclusive of VAT. So they'd go, okay, we're going to take 4 quid off the shirt, yeah. and then they'd take 20% VAT on top of that. It's usually nothing. I know, it's like, The cost you know, of merchandise is far to produce. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I know. We were, actually, funny enough, we were doing some stuff with Mike Harding, BBC 2%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money. We're having the same conversation about how hard it is now to find, you know, somewhere that you can actually make some money out of it because, you know, yeah. music industry is in such a disarray, isn't it? You can't. The life, the life scene, ironically, has become more powerful than it ever ever has yeah, been for years, and years, and years, and years, years. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's like musicians any which way you turn, somebody's trying to scalp, you know. And it's, I mean, I just, you know, like special venues, I got a real bee in my bonnet about it because I mean, I kind of go, well, if you're the venue. 
then we're bringing the people in, so should we not be in kind of cut your bar? We don't ask for a cut That's bar, right. you know? And so why, you know, we're the one that pulled yeah. the people in, you know? And at the end of the day, it's the promoter, which is mainly us now, so we're the ones that take the kick if it all goes wrong. So That's why right. the fuck am I giving you a percentage right. of merchandise? And it's like if you should be able to work the cost of your venue, mm. when you give us the cost it is to hire your venue, that mm. should include your staff, mm. your electricity, your rates, mm. you should have all that worked out. You know, you should be turning around and saying, I'm no. going to take a percentage of some. That's yeah. just no, greed. It's not, is it? it's greed. But you see, I suppose it's going hard and hard for everybody to make money in the industry. It's so corporate thinking, shit. It's, just, yeah. it's basically corporate yeah. shit. It's not no. good, is it? Where, where will it end, though? This is the problem, you know? Well, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, it, it, happens. <laughs> it happened a long time ago. I mean, when, when the big corporations started taking over the, the arenas, well, we, we, I saw it coming years ago when um, you had Universal in America started to, to buy the big stadiums and yeah. buy the venues. And then they started taking on. Because, I mean, what's happened to all middlemen? Because a lot of these people are, are buying the venues, right? Yeah. They buy the venues and then they sell the merchandise concessions. So it's not even as if yeah. they're the ones that take it. They sell yeah. the concessions. So it's yet another fucking yeah. percentage middleman yeah. always stepping in. That's yeah. been the problem with the music industry throughout its entire life. You know, I mean, I've, I've been offered two deals of labels, like, you know, yeah. known labels in this year. And I went to them and I said, what are you going to do for me? What can you do for me yeah. that I can't do myself? Because you're not going to give me extra promotion if it doesn't work within the budget, right? And at the end of the day, all you're going to be doing is selling to online retailers like Amazon, blah, 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 who are my direct competition. Yeah. I've got my own fucking website. Right. I've got my own credit cards, mail order system. So why do I, why am I going to go yeah. to you to get 20% off, off yeah. you for stuff that I can earn, yeah. you know, 70% off? You know? And unless they're bringing something to the table like big budgets with marketing, then, no, they so, won't. then they, no, they're not no, going to do it. Nobody will bring big no. budgets of marketing to no. the table because it's like nobody takes risks anymore. People do not take risks with 53-year-old singers. You know? No, so, even with your pedigree. Yeah. It's, it's a waste of time, mm. so like mm. we just, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Mm. We can go out, we'll sell 30 to 40,000 albums, mm. but the income from those 30 to 40,000 albums is the equivalent of something like half a million when I was a million plus. Yeah. Yes, I'm quite happy. I'm operating this level, we'll play a gig tonight, there'll be 250 yeah, people in or so. Then the way he smells the faces, we have a laugh, we go have a yeah. couple of glasses of women, go up the road and bum them. And then hopefully in a year and a half's time, year's time, something get back with a new album. As long as you keep the quality up and as long as you keep. Don't treat them like shit. Yeah. You know, treat them with respect. Don't rip yeah. them off. They'll keep on coming back. And there'll be there'll be some new people come in. Some people leave. You know. You see, it's interesting, isn't it? The dynamics there. Are, you know, comparing your Meridian days to you know like where you are now in terms of solo stuff. Then it's financially. The manager, the manager, we earned, earned uh, one and a half times more than I did on the last two nice, we did. It? It's absolutely right? ridiculous, isn't it? And it was like, and I was good. I mean, people say like, oh, do you know, miss the big stage. Yeah. Walking on a stage to have super troopers in your eyes from the moment you go on, yeah. you can hardly, you hardly ever see the crowd. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it's really, you actually see the crowd. Yeah. You can't do the personable bit because no. the guy at the front shouts out something that's funny, you answer him in a funny way, or to do a heckler that's funny between the two of you. The people at the back, 10,000 people away, can't hear a damn thing. No. Right? And then you do the same show, and it's, you know, because yeah. it's all geared up to the same lights, and it's the same show every fucking night. And then you come off, and then you've got to meet a bunch of people you didn't yeah. really want to meet. I don't want to come off a stage and be shaking hands with the head of some retail chain, no. or like, and so like a lot of people crap, I don't yeah. want to meet. Mm. <laughs> you know, okay, it's yeah. for my job. But yeah. it's like, I suddenly went, well, what's the point? And you're the one that's paying for all the champagne, all the, the, <laughs> the, the hors d'oeuvres and all the rest of the shit's back <laughs> Yeah, it's all like your pocket. You've got your accountant, your assistant accountant, your two manager, your assistant tour manager, your stage manager, your assistant, and it's like fucking money, 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 money. Yeah. And at the top end, yeah. you've got all these people that are just taking, this yeah. is cut, this cut, this yeah. is it's shit. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So this kind of thing is far better, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've, I've, spiritually, I derive a hell of a lot more satisfaction and a lot more positive energy 
from playing at this level, playing to, to yeah. a stadium, playing a, a yeah. large arena. Would you turn the clock back then? No. No. For a no, point. That's good. That's interesting. You, know, really? you come through it and you learn it. I mean, I wouldn't. I didn't really know. I didn't. You know, you, you come to terms with it after yeah. a while. You just go, wait a minute. I don't, I don't, yeah. It's shit. You know. Yeah. What's it all about? It's yeah. you know. I mean, I was talking with a major figure the other day, a major public figure, mm. and um, in the entertainment industry, and he was like, and he's going, oh yeah, I love it. I go. And he goes, oh, yeah, but it's all part of the job. It doesn't have to be. No. It doesn't have to be. You can choose what level. Oh, no, you can't choose your level. So you can choose the level you're playing yeah. at. You know? Because you've got control over it now, haven't yeah. you? You can say, no, I'm not going to go with a record label because I've got, mm -hmm. you know, your website, you've got your fan base, yeah. you've got your credibility, you've got but your it's history. Like, oh, all yeah. I want to do is pay the mortgage. I mean, That's I right. most, most of the people I know, and I know a lot of people that have got a shitload of money from yeah. the music business, right, a lot of them, you know, a probably a more complicated lifestyle than I have because they're having to deal with all this money. And the organisation behind it, you know, suddenly you're employing people and employing people to look after the money. Right, it's yeah. just no. it's a fucking point. Yeah. Well, you pay someone to handle your money, you don't actually know what they're necessarily up to, do you? Well, you I mean, the thing is, I mean, I mean, a classic example is Michael Jackson. I mean, yeah, well, you know, Michael yeah. Jackson he was not making the money. He was mortgaged up to the fucking hill, right, across. And he was having to pay for his $150,000 yeah. a month doctors. Yeah. Then he's got his security team. I find it difficult left for the first, the first six months. We thought it was going to bubble out. We thought we, we, thought we could have got it up to maybe 100000 70000 which would have been great, because that would have enabled us with a six-piece band to go up just that one level that would have enabled us to take to put a proper light show together, bigger venues, and we could have held it at that. But, it's, but it never bumped up just enough. Yeah. And this is our new format. This is the format. So when we go out next year with the Feast of Consequences album, I'll only run for maybe three months max, right? Because that's all we can maintain the six-piece band with the full production on. So all right, guys. Lovely. You've been listening to To listen again to this and other tales, go to cattails.co.uk.